Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. I'm your host, Luke Velasquez, and we are joined by a very special repeat guest, Greg Gentile. Greg, how are you doing today? And I'm pretty sure I might have just said Greg. I meant Craig. I thought Craig in my mind, but my, my mouth said, uh, said Greg. We're moving a little behind today, the, the mind and the mouth. To be honest with you, you did that the first time I was on the show as well, so um, at least you're consistent, pal. <laughs> That's okay. I'm consistent in my failures, which is all the people here want to see anyways. Uh, but no, very, <laughs> very, very glad to have you back, uh, Craig. Um, and I should know that I, th I think what the problem is, Craig, is our CEO's name is Craig, right? So it's kind of like when I, if I feel like I'm calling you Craig, I'm giving you, you know, I'm giving you that, that, you know, that, that mantra of Craig Fuller, CEO of Freightways. And not to say you aren't, you aren't bound for such greatness, but, you know, there's a, fearless leader that we got to got to maintain um you know so uh, anyways i apologize for that um not not actually i don't really apologize but um you know there we are i, I, I didn't think you did so <laughs> no nah, good stuff uh craig you know something that i've been watching i don't know are you are you a are you a stock guy are you a wall street guy you, you dabble at all you keep an eye on things um, I will say this. I keep an eye at it. I, um, I, I'm not at the level that you are at because I know you and I have had a few discussions, so I'm not quite Luke Velasca, but, uh, but yeah, I keep an eye in it. I mean, as, yeah. you know, as most adults do say, so yeah. It's okay. I mean, Hey, if you listen to me talk long enough, everything will become as clear as mud. But the thing is, is that, you know, we, we've got a big week with earnings and, and, you know, everybody thinks, you know, when we're talking about the stock market, like Apple and Microsoft and, and, and Tesla and all, all these, you know, cool blue chip, you know, tech companies. But we got some heavy hitters in our market, and it's a really hot, hot period of time right now for a lot of transportation stocks. Old Dominion reported earnings. Uh, you've got C.H. Robinson just had, had, uh, uh, had earnings, right? UPS, uh, uh, SIA. So there's a lot of companies right there that are reporting earnings. Yep. Some of the ocean liners are coming up. Here, I think uh, uh, pretty soon you've got um, uh, Maersk and, and uh, Zim, I think, are coming up soon. So our space is starting to report. And I, I think it's, it's a testament on how they, how they do right now. But more importantly, what expectations they set for the future? Do they expect things to continue? C.H. Um, Robinson, for example, they had an earnings miss um, as their expenses really spiked. And that, I think, right. kind of caused some su surprises. But there were very high expectations. Um, you know, uh, Craig, have you, have you, do you keep an eye on the, uh, the transportation company's performance? Do you think there's relevancy in kind of gauging how they perform quarterly? Some of the, the big public companies? I do, uh, I do try to stay on top of it. It's, um, you know, it, it's a lot. It's, it, there's always, uh, you know, it's pretty fast moving. There's always a lot happening. So, um, I can't say I'm always on top of it, but, um, you know, from what I've seen in the news on, on Freightwaves, uh, the website, um, Kind of a little bit more of the same in the LTL space, where you have, um, you know, LTL carriers coming in and, and exceeding expectations, and um, kind of a very rosy picture from the LTL market, at least from you know, um, like you said, the ODs and SIA. Um, I think Arc Best has had a a pretty good few quarters as well. Um, but I do think you know, to your point, the CH news is kind of interesting. Um, especially when you, you know, you look and, and you dive in a little bit and you see that operating expense um, increased a little bit more than expected. And they did miss, um, you know, expectations from the market. And, and then you pair that and you kind of look at this news that's come out recently about them trying to, um, you know, 
kind of change into or, or you know, mold into a, a digital brokerage. And, and that news kind of makes a lot more sense, um, you know, after the reporting that we heard um, yesterday, or it might have been this morning. Yeah, no, no, spot on. Um, one, one that kind of really, I think, caught my eye was Old Dominion. So Old Dominion is, is I think, one of those blue chip transportation stocks, a lot of folks would say. You know, they're, you know, they're, they're very, they run a very tight ship over there, good service, people like them. Uh, you know, some would say a gold standard, particularly in the LTL space uh, in terms of service. Not the biggest, but, you know, they're definitely throwing their weight around. And, you know, they, they had a great uh, uh, um, uh, earnings call. They actually increased year over year um, in Q4, year over year earnings per share increased by 49%, 49%. I mean, that is massive. For a company that's already very well established, right? For a brand new company, you might expect that. But for a company that's well established in Old Dominion, I mean, Craig, when you hear something like that, hey, almost a 50% increase in earnings per share, you know, what is, for a company as established as Old Dominion, is that, do you, do you think that's something that, that maybe shippers are, are kind of eyeing at all? You know, how, how would you interpret that? You know, first off, to your point, um, I've dealt with uh, Old Dominion for years. I use them, like, you know, I was a freight broker for a um, few years before this, right? And, yeah, just, uh, just a moment. So just a few a few, few years. But um, I use OD a lot. Um, and, and to your point, I use them when I needed it done correctly, right? When, um, when the extra $50 didn't matter, but getting it, you know, into Walmart on time mattered they were the carrier I, I went to. And so when you tell me that they had a great quarter, um, it, it doesn't really surprise me um, because, you know, to your point, um, a phrase you used a second ago, operationally, they are a sound company. And so, um, you know, I would, I'm not surprised by it. We, we know that volumes are up um, across mode uh, in the industry right now. So when you take a company where volumes are, you know, elevated, uh, and they are a, uh, you know, an excellent operation. Um, I think that's what you're going to get, right? That's kind of a formula for a great quarter is, you know, operating efficiently and, uh, you know, operating in a market where volumes are increased. Right. I think that's key. It's, it's in addition to we know, they, we know they have operational excellence, but now the market is so elevated and tight. I think that, that really stands and really shows why they're, they're, at, they're at the top, right? Um, you know, let's go ahead and throw up. I want to throw up a, just a broad chart of the of the overall United States here, okay? Just for a minute. Okay. So, um, what we're going to see here on the screen, here it is. Great. Take a look at this. So, this is, I think, a chart, Craig. You and I are very familiar with this, and a lot of our customers are very familiar with this. Um, that blue line there is volume. That green line is tender rejections. Craig, just for those that maybe haven't been tuning in for very long or are fairly new to this, can you just explain kind of? the relationship between volume and, and what tender rejections are? Just give us the 30 seconds. Sure, sure, yeah, you know, um, so I guess I'll start with the outbound tender rejections. Um, you know, with Sonar, we track three big pieces of information and they're, and they're huge, right? It's, we track what does, out, what do outbound volumes in a specific market look like or on, in the United States? We, we, we can look at what inbound capacity to a specific market looks like based on the destination of those volumes. And then the third piece that we track is carrier sentiment, right? Or how are carriers reacting to market conditions? And so, you know, generally speaking, the relationship between volume and rejections 
um, there's a correlation there, right? As, as we see volumes increase, we generally see rejections increase. Um, so this is kind of an interesting view that we're looking at right now because um, although we see uh, volumes increasing uh, and pretty elevated at this point, um, rejections have kind of um, tailored off and gone the opposite way. So there's, you know, almost a, a negative correlation. So but uh, that, that's what we're looking at here. Yeah, no, spot on, Craig. So yeah, just a, a quick reminder there. So blue line is that tender volume, green line is the tender rejections. And, and I think you're correct. Craig, something here that I, that I want to make note of is, you know, that blue line is volume. That's demand, right? The higher that blue line goes means that there is a greater demand for, for truckload uh, capacity, right? Because th those are shippers that, right. that have more freight that they need to move. They need to, you know, they're making those requests to those carriers. They need help. The green line represents that, like you said, that sentiment or, or how likely or how much carriers are really relying on that demand to keep their trucks moving. That 20% rejection rate, it's still pretty high. We definitely saw that it's come down at the start of the year, which makes sense but it is coming down pretty quickly. But part of me wonders, Craig, if that has to do with, so we've had, we've had truckload prices elevated at such a level for, I mean, goodness, now almost two years, not quite, I mean, a, a solid year and a half, truckload prices have been very right. elevated. We're at the start of a new year and tenant rejections are dropping, but demand is actually still maintaining really high as I throw my hand up to the ceiling, like, you know, I'm getting ready to, you know, mm -hmm. hey, let's go party. No, um, but I mean, think about that, right? I mean, are we, it, are we kind of seeing maybe a lot of like annual tenders getting locked in and starting to go into effect now? And that's and it, but it's at much higher prices that cares are like, hey, I don't really need the spot market anymore because my contract rates are a lot more attractive. Is that is that a, is that a is that a good hypothesis? I think I think you are uh, you're onto something, right? And that and that's um, as you go into the new year, uh, oftentimes you have um, new contracts uh, coming into place, and, and at the end of the day. The spot market costs more than contractual business, right? And so, um, I think that shippers are catching on, and they're increasing those um, contractual rates. And so, contractual rates are are rising a bit because, at the end of the day, if you know if you pay three dollars on on a uh, uh, on a contract lane, it's still better than you know four fifty or whatever the spot market's bearing at that time. And um, you know something that we talked about uh, my first. My first visit to the show here was, you know, the uh, the annual bid, and and like I said, then the annual bid it's a necessary evil, right? You, you people, it's just too hard for these large companies to conduct business on a, a shipment by shipment basis. So, um, you know, for as far as you know, getting back to operating efficiently, these companies need an annual bid, right? Because they need to lock in some of that capacity. So that's what I think is happening to your point is that these companies are going, hey, it looks like a spot load on average costs us 425. We're probably not going to get 215 a mile on this on a contract lane, but 325 is still better than the 425 or the 450 going out to the spot market. And then you have your soft savings with that as well. By soft savings, I mean, you know, just labor costs, um, you know, uh, protecting against volatility, that type of thing. Yeah, I think you're, you're spot on, Craig. And, and one thing in particular is, so I just pulled it up. I don't have it on the screen, but I pulled it up in Sonar. So contract rates, um, you know, we, we have a pretty large contract rate database in Sonar, um, which, is, which is what shippers are, are, it's shipper invoices paying their, their contracted providers. And they're up 25% year over year. Um, so contract rates are up year over year, 25%. I mean, for contract rates, that is incredible. 
I mean, that's, that is impeccable for contract rates. Did you ever see contract rates rise 25% year over year? I mean, maybe an edge case here and there, but like across a network? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, once again, um, it begrudges me to say this, but uh, you seem to be spot on again. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I... I'm setting myself up here, right? Craig, okay? I'm setting myself up. Oh. I, need, I need a little positive affirmation here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that because you had that contract rate, 25%. You're like, well, this is my hypothesis. What do you think? And then you're like, oh, by the way, contract rates have increased by 25%. So, to be fair, um, I hadn't pulled it up prior to when I asked that, so I didn't know. I just had a feeling. But anyways, you're right. I, I'll, I'll, okay. uh, I'll let you I'll let you kind of kick me in the shin <laughs> next time. Go ahead, Craig. Yeah, no worries. But, yeah, like I said, you know, it's, it's unprecedented as far, you know, in, in my opinion to see – uh, a 25% increase o- over an entire network, right? Like you said, there's going to be um, year-over-year capacity kind of moves within the United States and, and demand kind of moves a bit. So you 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 tend to see maybe a region or a, a market where there's a, a large increase in a contractual obligation. But, um, you know, overall, that is pretty remarkable. But once again, you know, if you go back to um, so much of the industry, right, it goes back to those three things that we talked about that I just mentioned. Right? What does inbound capacity in a market look like? What's outbound capacity look like? How are carriers reacting? So um, the 25% on its own, it looks out, it looks outlandish, right? But it, when you look at overall volumes and you go, wow, volumes are still heightened, you know, when, and you start to look at what inbound um you know, inbound looks like into a market and look at those rejections. There's, it's not out, it's not crazy. You know, it's still crazy in my opinion, but you can start to see the the reasoning behind those increases is what I mean to say. And that, you know, that's, that's really the secret sauce with Sonar. It's, you know, we, we all can live through what happens in the market and then look back and explain, hey, why did this happen? It's like, oh, here, here's why. But, um, you know, looking at the data within Sonar, and being able to kind of forecast what market conditions are going to be like, um, I, I think that's kind of how our uh, our platform is really impactful. Yeah, no, spot on, Craig. Now, I want to pivot gears here a little bit. I want to talk about the winter storm because I think there's there's a lot, and I know everybody's like, hey, there's always a storm going on. It's winter, yeah. But there, there's, there, we got a big one going on right now, and I think as as especially for a lot of newer reps here who are coming into you know the market, it's uh, you know, the Weather really does play a pretty impactful role in determining the like near-term demand as well as supply. Um, so I want to talk right. about that a little bit. One area in particular, the markets that I wanted to look at was yeah, look at that right there. So let's go ahead and pull this up on the screen. There it is for us. So what I did was um, I took a snapshot probably about right before the show started. So this is live as of about you know 15 minutes ago, but. Um, this is a this is a real time map. The the map the colors on the map not the not the radar but the colors that that actual you know kind of represent the little paint by numbers if you will are representative of uh, of weekly change in tender rejections or weekly change in, in supplies. So basically, the dark blue is where uh, is where tender rejections have increased significantly week over week. The red is where they are decreasing. So as you can see, pretty much anywhere the storm and the, the storm is rolling east right now. So um, pretty much everywhere that the storm was is blue, or a lot of it, and where it's <laughs> headed is also blue, meaning supply is constrained. A few exceptions in there, 
but it's it's pretty it's pretty heavy. And interestingly enough, um, Florida, where there is never a storm like this, is having no capacity problems right now, as it is perfectly clear. <laughs> but regardless, um, I mean that's that's pretty heavy. I remember Craig, little little uh, little short anecdote here. I used to pull a lot of freight out of Bellingham, Washington, just about an hour north of uh, Seattle, and a lot of that freight went over to uh, uh, to Washington and. Uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, not Washington, to Ohio, and trucks would go across Montana, and if there was a storm, I remember DOT shut down the road on me a couple of times. I had a shipment that was like four days late, and I was like, I don't know what you want me to do here, but we are stuck. <laughs> and uh, But, I mean, that's part, of, that's part of it, right? That changes things. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, um, weather's huge, right? And, uh, <laughs> and it negatively, in my, you know, it negatively affects uh, most directly shippers, right? They're because they have really no way to be able to um, leverage that volatility at all, right? Shippers are, um, or excuse me, assets are a little bit different, right? Because as that weather comes in, they can start kind of targeting volatile markets and, and maybe trying to leverage that to get a great rate per mile. So, um, but yeah, no, it's you know, weather's always it's always there. You know, you mentioned Florida, for instance, and. Florida looks good right now, but, you know, come hurricane season, it's, it, you know, it, it's a yeah. mess as well. So, um, but, you know, that's, uh, you bring up a good point. One of my favorite um, apps that we have within Sonar is our critical events page. Um, so it, it tracks weather patterns throughout the United States, highlights, um, you know, major freight um, hubs throughout the country and kind of watches the weather uh almost like a holistic view of the United States. And um, I, I love that app just for the same reason you just mentioned. You can look in Washington and you can look in Ohio and it could be, and there can, the weather could be fine, right? And uh, and you take the load and you're like, yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll take it. You get a good rate and, and you're on your way. But then they hit uh, Montana. And, and like you said, you're stuck for four days. Uh, it's hard to explain that to a client once you've got the fr- freight on the road. Um, you know, especially these big box retailers with chargebacks. I used to do a lot of uh, big box business, and um, which, you know, not the best idea. <laughs> but but it, it was good freight. And, uh, but, you know, chargebacks don't stop because there's a storm in Montana, right? Right. Ohio, the DC in Ohio doesn't care about that. Their, their expectation is you took the load, you said the load's going to get there, and, uh, you know, it needs to be here. And so, um, you know, I, I, that's why, like I said, I love that critical events map. I'm always highlighting it to all my clients and, uh, you know, on my demos. So yeah. um, I think it's really helpful when dealing with the weather, especially with a time like right now where um, I know I'm here in Denver. It's been snowing for about 12 hours. Um, I've got family in Chicago. They're getting about a foot. And uh, and I know the, the Northeast is getting it as well. So helps stay on top of stuff like that. Down here in Chattanooga, we're not getting anything. Staying strong. We're not, we don't need any of that. I don't need none of that negativity in my life. No, that's actually not true. I like the snow. The snow is pretty, but see, it's just kind of like, um, it's kind of the worst, but it, it looks nice. I liked, I would like to be able to have, and we need to figure this out with technology, all right? So, Craig, this one's on you to figure out, but if we could, like, push a okay. button and, like, a giant dome appears and creates, like, a snow, a snow bubble, like, you know, like, hey, just down the road, like, maybe I want to, like, go to the beach, right? I'm going to, I'm hanging out in Miami. I can just... We need to like create a little snow bubble, like you know, three miles outside of Miami, so you can enjoy the beach and go like skiing at the same time. So we need to be able to control so weather just, like that. 
just to be clear, you're you're uh, you know just to kind of regurgitate this back to you, you want a to live in a snow globe or next to a snow globe? Is, what, is that what I'm getting? <laughs> Listen, Craig, we don't need to go into the details. All right, you know it's just okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll figure it out. Okay. But no. Do you do any skiing or snowboarding? You're you're in Denver. That's uh that's prime that's prime real estate for that, right? Uh, I uh, I don't. I'm a Midwesterner, so um, so born and raised in Chicago. So I haven't yet. Um, and everyone asks me that now that I moved here. The one problem is is I'm getting old, and uh, you know I'm I'm a little bigger than I was when I was a kid. And so yeah. nowadays, when 220 pounds uh, hits the ground, I feel it a lot more. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not uh, I'm not in a rush to go. Uh, to go fall on a bunch of ice for a day, but uh, I'm going to get out and try it one of these days. I hear there's these things here in Denver called uh, Bluebird Days, which where you can basically snow in a, or uh, ski in a t-shirt. So I'm, uh, I'm waiting for one of those. Yeah. Have you ever been skiing or snowboarding? Uh, funny story. I, I have been snowboarding uh, twice, and um, I will tell you this, that I fell snowboarding. I was at Wilmot, which is right over the border in Wisconsin, small little, uh, small little hill, and uh, went down the hill uh, two or three times, was feeling really good about myself, overly confident. Uh, fourth time down the hill, went feet overhead about three or four times, um, was seeing stars. Three little kids came up around me, kind of shredded some snow on me and stopped and said, Hey, are you okay, man? And uh, I said, get the hell away from me, you three. And uh, that was the end of my snowboarding. No, spot on. <laughs> well, uh, Craig, you know, you talk about you getting older and it's hard to do these things. I just want to let you know that, um, I don't, have you ever seen the, the world's strongest man or know what it is? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Kind of aware. So yeah, I mean, you've got like some of these, these, you know, just massive, you know, creatures that we call human beings. Um, you know, and they, uh, you know, they, they do a lot of a lot of feats of, of very very intense physical strength. Sometimes they're squatting cars, yeah, or yeah. sometimes they're you know moving big tires that weigh like a thousand pounds. I mean, literally, quite literally, there is an event where they have to pull a fire truck and whoever can pull it like yeah. seventy feet in the shortest amount of time. I mean, it's incredible what these guys do. So like, I mean, it's um, you know, there, there's a guy who I think has won it, and he's he can like deadlift something like twelve hundred pounds or something like that. And it's, these guys are incredible. Yeah. Um, but the reason why I bring this up is uh, in an effort to actually make you feel bad about this, because there was a guy who competed, and he was like 53 years old or something. I think his name's Nick Best, and I'm pretty sure he was able to bench press 450 pounds or 500 pounds. So um, age is not an excuse. It's just a number. Craig, we're going to get you out of those slopes. Yeah. I. Uh, you know what? You'll have to uh, take a trip out here one of these days. You can do sonar on location in our Denver office here in my basement, and, and uh, you can go teach me how to ski. I like so, it. Okay. I like it. All right. No, but you are you are right. When you fall, I mean, I mean, you like. I feel like you have to go. So somebody like me, I've only been skiing twice. I've been snowboarding once, and it's been a long time. It's been a few okay. years since I've done it again. Since I've done it, and I just remember like. The first day that you go, if you go for like a, like a three-day trip or something, the first day you just spend falling the whole time. Then like the second day you spend just hurt, so you don't want to do anything. And then the third day you're kind of rolling, you're having a good time. And then it's time to go. Yeah. So I understand what you're talking about. It's That soreness lasts a long time. It does. Well, it sounds like we have a, a plan or a schedule for our trip now, I too. Think so. so it sounds like ski the first day, drink a little bit the second, and then uh, try it again the third then day. Back so at we're, it. We're set, man. We're back at it. Right, we'll, I like it. 
Craig, I appreciate your time. We're going to make a trek out there to, uh, uh, to Denver. It's been a long time since I've been there, about 10 years since I was last in Colorado, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, uh, nothing good out there except for you, of course, so that's why I'm coming. No, I'm just kidding, but uh, excited to see it. But, no, thank you for folks watching. It's been an absolute pleasure. My name is Luke Velasco. we got Craig here on the line with us. He'll be back again at some point in the future. We are live every Wednesday at 3.30 p.m. Be sure to tune in to all of our different social media channels from Twitter to LinkedIn to Facebook. We're there. Instagram, we've got you covered. And stay tuned. We've got more content here on Freight Waves TV right after this. Everybody have a fantastic rest of your week.